Welcome to Married to India, the podcast where East meets West and love conquers all. I'm your host, Amy Rigetti, and if you're intrigued by cross-cultural marriages, mouth-watering Indian cuisine, traditional rituals, or simply navigating the beautiful chaos that comes with marrying into an Indian family, then you've landed in the right place. Living a life intertwined with another culture has its challenges. But oh, the rewards are abundant, from the Diwali celebrations filled with sparkling lights to the wisdom hidden in the ancient Indian philosophy. This podcast will delve into the joys, the complications, and the invaluable lessons I've learned from being married to a man from India. Each episode will bring you heartfelt stories, insights, and a dose of humor as we unpack everything from how to make the perfect cup of chai to understanding the intricacies of South Asian wedding traditions. Whether you're a multicultural relationship yourself, curious about Indian culture, or just a fan of love stories that crosses boundaries, this podcast is for you. So buckle up, grab your favorite cup of masala chai, and let's embark on this exciting journey together. Welcome to Married to India. Today, we're going to talk about two very specific and fascinating pieces of jewelry in Indian weddings, the Mangal Sutra and the toe rings. Stick around because this is going to be a deep dive into symbolism, history, and so much more. I like to tell people my own personal story with regards to both of these items because it gives people a little bit of an insight as to how I personally have embraced them. Srinu and I had been married for almost three years before his brother actually started his journey in finding a bride. And I went to India to experience his wedding at that time. And before that, I really didn't have a lot of experience with Indian culture. You know, Srinu and I didn't hang out with a lot of his friends or anybody local. You know, half of our relationship in the beginning before we got married, we were hiding it because Srinu really did not want his parents to find out by anybody else from him. And I know in previous podcasts past, I have said how ridiculous that sounds, but believe it or not, word travels super fast among the Indian population. It just is what it is. However, at my brother-in-law's wedding, I was able to learn a lot. And it was at that time that I had learned, you know, the what the Mongol Sutra, the Toh Rings, and all that stuff were. And I really wanted that for myself. So when my mother-in-law and father-in-law were shopping, they made it a big deal. Anything they bought for my sister-in-law, they bought for me too. Like they never wanted me to feel like she was getting and I didn't get. And so at one point, right before the wedding, we were about to leave to head to Vishakhapatnam. And I had just told my mother-in-law at that time, like, I don't need the same things that she has. I don't need for you to feel like you have to buy me something because you bought her something. And I told my father-in-law that all I really wanted was to be able to have my Mongol Sutra, my toe rings. So whatever that entailed, I wanted, that was, that was my only ask. You know, I hadn't asked for anything. um, And that was really what I wanted. I think that at that time they were deeply touched because I think they thought me not being Indian and of course being a Westerner, that those were things that I just wouldn't appreciate or want to wear. And they never wanted to feel like they were pushing things on me. So um, shortly after we got back from our trip, I, um, I got to thinking about this a little bit more. And I just really felt like these were things representative of a Hindu 
wife, right? I may not be Hindu, but I am the wife of a Hindu. So I really wanted to have these things. I, I wanted to show my husband that even though he didn't marry an Indian, he it wasn't like he was upset that he didn't marry an Indian, but I wanted to show him that I could definitely respect who he was as a person, his culture and his religion as well. So when my in-laws came to visit on their next round, they had bought me. Um, traditionally, there are two pendants that go on either side of this centerpiece, which is called a tali. And they had bought me the side pieces, typically in the South Indian culture, those side pendants are actually given by the bride's side. And the middle tali um, is given by the groom's side. And depending on your family, that tali for every bride married into that family matches. So any bride who has married into my father-in-law's side of the family, we all have the same centerpiece tali. So um, thankfully, my mother-in-law had brought these items over and my toe rings, and we had a small Hindu ceremony at our home. I was actually pregnant with my next child by this time, and we had a small Hindu ceremony of our own. And um, so when I wear my Mangal Sutra and my toe rings, I wear them with a different significance because I feel like a lot of women who marry into the culture or who are Indian brides just simply marrying Hindu Hindu, these things are just a given because that's your religion, that's your culture. But for me, I really felt like I had to earn these in a way and I had to ask for them. And so since I asked for them, um, it really means a lot that I do wear them. Uh, given initially I wasn't wearing them all the time because I didn't really understand that. There was one point when my mother-in-law specifically had said to me, Amy, you know, the Mongol Sutra, because again, they didn't force this on me. They never wanted us to feel like they were forcing who they were on us. They were always very careful about that stuff. But she had just told me very um, sweetly that in the Hindu culture, in the Hindu faith and the Indian culture, they actually wear the Mongol Sutra for the well-being and safety of their husbands. And while she wasn't telling me to wear it, it's just always been stuck in my mind. And I feel like I'm just not going to tempt the hands of faith. And so I personally only take my Mongol Sutra off when I'm taking a bath. And I never take my toe rings unless I'm in labor and delivery, they never come off. So that is the story behind my Mongol Sutra and toe rings. But I want to give everybody a little insight behind the authentic um, idea of these Mongol Sutra and toe rings and where they find a place here today in the modern society and roles. So again, this Mongol Sutra is traditionally a black and gold beaded necklace that the groom ties around um, the bride's neck. And I've seen it more in South Indian weddings where they actually do physically tie the knots. But nowadays, with the way Mongol sutras are made in the North Indian ceremonies um, and a lot of the Gujarati ceremonies that we've done, they actually, it's just a regular, you know, clasp like on a chain and that's how they do it. So it's considered to be a sacred thread of love and dignity. It is symbolic of marital status for women in many, many communities across India. So in more modern times, there's been a trend on making it more fashionable to encourage the women of today to want to wear it and cherish it a little bit more. And in Hindi, they call these bichwas. And in Telugu, they are known to be called mitalu. So toe rings are generally worn on the second toe. They're a marker of a married woman in India. And these are not merely jewelry items. 
items, but have cultural and even Ayurvedic significance. So the black beads in the Mongol Sutra are believed to ward off evil. I know that we have talked about this in um, our podcast past, and the gold represents purity in the marital relationship. So toe rings, on the other hand, are said to regulate a woman's menstrual cycle and enhance fertility, according to Ayurvedic text. I don't write this stuff, people, but this is what is believed. So if you guys are looking to have babies soon after you get married, girl, just put the toe rings on. So today, the Mongol Sutra has evolved into various styles and designs to cater to modern aesthetics. And while They definitely retain their traditional values. Toe rings have also found a fashionable iteration in modern times, although the cultural essence still remains intact. In India, diversity is just not confined to languages or cuisine. It extends to their traditions and rituals as well. Like, for example, one tradition that sees a fascinating regional difference in the design is the use of the Mongol Sutra. Let's talk a little bit about the Mongol Sutra and the difference between North and South India. In North India, again, the Mongol Sutra is usually consists of two strings, black beads interspersed with gold and diamond pendants. And the black beads are considered to ward off the evil eye and protect the couple's marriage. And these Mongol Sutras are like usually shorter in length. They, they're a little bit more closer up on the collar. And they might also include other colored beads or traditional gold chains. I feel like North Indians just, again, I'm a wedding photographer. I do this stuff all the time, work with lots of different families, lots of different pundits, just lots of different, very of how these play out. And usually, again, our North Indians and Gujaratis will wear them a little tighter on the neck, and they're just a little more ornate and look like a piece of jewelry rather than like a chain that kind of hangs a little bit down, I would say, mid-chest. So that is my Um, understanding of just it's a personal preference. There is no right or wrong way to do this, folks. It's, again, a personal and regional preference preference. And I feel like as times are changing, both in India and here abroad, people are just making their own fashion statements with these pieces of jewelry. Now, flip side of that, we have the South Indian Mongol Sutra or Tali or whatever it is that um, you want to refer to it as. And it has a little bit of a different aesthetic. And while black beads are also common, the design is more intricate and may include small gold elements like discs. I call them pendants, but they're these little discs. And depending on what pujas and stuff are performed throughout the year, people will add these discs um, within. And on these discs can be little miniature shapes of deities, leaves, other symbols considered very auspicious. These designs can be specific to the family or even their caste. So South Indian Mongol Sutras are often longer and some are even super layered. In both the regions, though, um, essentially symbolism remains the same. So there's nothing that differs between the two or the meaning or anything like that. It's simply to signify marriage and protection. However, the form it takes is going to vary based on local customs, traditions, and even family-specific designs passed down through generations such as my own. Regardless of the region, modern iterations are available that cater to the aesthetic preferences of my brides today while keeping the essence intact. And by understanding these regional differences, couples in cross-cultural relationships can appreciate the deeper significance behind these sacred threads, making each one of your necklaces um, your own for your wedding and really bring meaning and a richness to how you feel about marrying into the culture, the religion, those types of things. It doesn't mean you have to make it your own, but respecting it is just something completely separate of the two. 
And my personal preference is whether you're tying the knot in a Punjabi or a Tamil ceremony, know that your Mungo Sutra carries a tale of its own, a tale rooted deeply in culture that it originates from, guys. So again, in cross-cultural relationships, understanding the essence behind these traditional items can be a super rich experience. It's not about simply wearing a piece of jewelry, but embracing an entire cultural identity. Some people think these items are very patriarchal symbols, but many modern Indian women view them as cultural identifiers that they proudly embrace. It's all about the lens that you guys see them through. So there you have it. The Mongol Sutra and the Torangs are more than just jewelry. They're narratives, each holding a unique cultural story. And whether you guys choose to incorporate these things into your own wedding or simply appreciate them from a distance, understanding their depth can add another layer to your cross-cultural journey. So thank you guys for joining us and unraveling the stories behind the Mongol Sutra and the Toe Rings. If you guys are enjoying this Married to India, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. It's going to encourage others to join in too. And until next time, this is your host saying namaste.